President Obama's illegal executive order on immigration. A six-page policy paper issued yesterday. Trump says he would deport all undocumented immigrants from the U.S., reverse a law that... So, you know, that's August 2015, and now he's asking people, what's the more humane way to go? I think it's a good idea. I think deporting people who are who are here and who are working hard and having successful lives. We have to keep the families together. Not a good idea. But they have to go. But they have to go. What if they have no place to go? We will work with them. They have to go. I tell you what I'm going to do. You're going to have really good ones, and we're going to take care of them. They're going to go out, we're going to get them legal, and they're going to come back, and we're going to have a very wonderful group of people. But you also have gangs. Do you know that some of the toughest gangs in this country are illegal immigrants? But we either have a country or we don't have a country. We have at least 11 million people in this country that came in illegally. They will go out. They will See, now... People say, well, that catapulted him to the top. He can't change that message. Well, I think it takes... Folks, welcome back inside the Parisi Palace, high above 2919 East Broadway. This is a special edition of the Jake Feinberg Show, coming to you live on Power Talk. Please go to our website, powertalk.live. Download our free app. We are full-on extraterrestrial radio, and we thank you so much for making us part of your day today. And without further ado, I'd like to bring in a... A musician who uh, has made quite a few uh, hits in his life, pop hits, and there's nothing wrong with making pop hits. You become a star, but uh, at the core, going way back, uh, he was crisscrossing the country, influenced by the beat poets playing his harmonica and the blues, and uh, just a real class act, and a guy who had a chance to collaborate with uh, Stan Getz. Huey Lewis, welcome to the Jake Feinberg Show. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm flattered to be on a new show, my friend. Well, thank you, my friend. It's an honor to talk to you. I, 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 I'm having a ball. You know, I, I, want, I wanted to talk to you just about um, your mom's, uh, uh, your stepdad, Lou Welch. How, how influential was that cat to you? Uh, quite. I mean, you know, he was, um, you know, I was away at prep school a lot of the times, but we lived together for, you know, several years. And he was, uh, you know, he he was a William Carlos Williams devotee, believed in the in the language of the of the street and uh, spoken word. And and in those days, you know, in the '60s, the beat poets were were rock stars. You know, they were on a, every bill had a had a poet, and uh, they would read. And Lou was a brilliant reader. You know, I mean, he was a great poet as well, but he could read dense Blake. You know, and make you understand it. So, uh, <laughs> and, and 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 you know, I uh, I learned a lot about about that, about the voice and the sound. He, was, he had a marvelous voice. He was very musical. Lou was. I mean, uh, you. I mean, those beats. You talk about how you particularly. I mean, in your own, were you writing songs at that point, or do you feel like looking back on it that those cats had? Uh, an influence on you, uh, either lyrically or just stage. Oh yeah, yeah, De- yeah, definitely. It was a, a sort of, oh, you know, they, it was the, uh, it was the, the the street thing, language of the street, and and fun with language. You know, that was for the first time. I, for, for me, it was like fun with language, like words. Wow, what a gas, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. So, uh, and that's what that's after all what pop music is in a way. You know, it's communication. It's not. It's not, uh, we're, we're talking about, I mean, there's all kinds of, there's cheeseburgers and then there's foie gras, 
you know, and, and pop music is more of a cheeseburger, but it's really communication is, is what's there. They're, you know, you're, you're saying something, you're striking some sort of nerve, you know. Um, you know, uh, Huey, I, I just wanted to let you know, I, I talked to Roy Firestone yesterday. He wanted to send a very warm cool. hello. Cool. Uh, he, uh, I'm, I'm, I got commissioned to do this, this thing on Rick Barry too. Um, and uh, so I was talking to him about that, and he said that, you know, he just had glowing things to say about you. But I wanted, I wanted to talk to you. I, you know, the stories are already very clear about, uh, you know, your dad basically said, I'm not going to talk to you again if, if you uh, don't put Stan Getz on your record and this, that, and the other. But what, what I'm curious about with you, I want you to talk about the old-school improvisatory techniques that Stan had. What I mean by that is, like, he had huge ears. Right. He had huge ears. He was, yeah, not, he he was sure you know, he, he was did. not, he was from the tea garden school in ninth grade. He did, was not formally trained. And if he didn't hear right. it and he didn't feel it, he wasn't going to play. And I wanted you to talk about that philosophy in general. I think it's, uh-huh. it's a lost art. And then talk about Stan's ability to improvise and, and all, you know, but, but really that sure. old school improvisatory technique. Sure. You know, and, and just as an aside, before I get started on that, I did the Broadway musical Chicago one uh, for a couple of years, or so, you know, three months, phrase over two years, and the and the and the the, the um, band leader and, and contractor is a, is called they're called Red Press, who's maybe eighty six now. Wow! And Red Press went to grade school with Stan, and and, and uh, wow! I need, in, I, need and, the, I need the young, I need yeah. the boyhood friends, man. I need the boyhood. Red, friends. Red Press is your man. His, his Red, Red Press. Pr- I, and, I, Red Press. He's a contractor. He's one of the the leading Broadway contractors. Wow! And 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 he he told me some pretty cool stories because <laughs> he knew he, had, he told me that when he went, they went, they had a little saxophone, like a seven piece saxophone thing that they did in school, oh. and they would go to another school, and they and, and travel and do a performance or something there, and they travel over to this other school, and the and the lady the the teacher says. Okay, who's the leader? And and they didn't have to figure out the leader yet. She's well, you should be. And she pointed right at Getz because he was so handsome. You know? <laughs> he was such a such a star. And then and, she, and he says, yeah, that that he says, and you know, he says, I knew Stan. He was just he was younger, a little bit younger, and you know, and he was he was a, always was a star. He says, I turned him on to Ben Webster and the rest is history. Red press, no, because I mean the one thing is this this yeah. gypsy you Russian. Should, you yeah. should hunt hunt red press down. Get it? He's got some good stories. That's good. Thank you for that yeah. tip. But you know, I mean, in general, uh, I mean, t- t- he was. Uh, well, uh, yeah. so, so so to answer your question, yeah, um, you know, on, on I mean, I I know uh, how great Stan Guest is and all that kind of stuff, and we are the fi- have finally find the right song, and I finally thought I did the right kind of groove, which was going to be open ended enough for him to blow. You know. You don't want to have a guy come up and play, you know, 16 bars. You know, it's Stan Getz, for God's sake. So we had, and, you know, we're a pop band. So there was a, there was a little bit of a complication that way. But I finally got this piece of music that Chris wrote, and I, I fashioned an idea for it. And we, we um, and I, I didn't have, I, I didn't have much melody in mind at first. I was just going to kind of speak the, uh, the melody, I thought, at, at one point. Uh, but that doesn't matter. But I sent him a, a demo tape of this song. Um, uh, uh, you know, uh, of course, you know the story of how we met at Jude Sims' benefit. You probably know that story. 
and he um i just want to be clear because uh, one one thing was one said it was a party i just want to know the truth the, the first time you guys connected where so you, no there was a zoot it was a zoot sims's benefit uh zoot sims died and they did had a benefit and uh and i think i think i can't even remember all who all played jim jones played uh you know and get and and i went with my dad I, my dad was my dad was a huge amateur jet player you know was a was a played very good drummer and and pretty good piano player and just a fan knew every band knew you know every, knew everybody in the jimmy lunsford band you know what i mean that i kind of love thing. it he so, was he was loving yeah. he loved swing music he loved bebop that he kind of loved it and he loved dixieland too man right, right, he knew right. all about it hmm. and 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 he um and my so i i on the qt this is like i think it was 83 or 80 i had just sort of happened 83 or 84 right in there um uh, I got two tickets for this benefit through my agent and bingo at, at, at Kimball's or somewhere, wherever it was downtown. And so, uh, and so I said, Hey pops, I got two tickets. This is great. So I, so I take him, we get there early and oh my gosh, they, they, they usher me to my aisle seats right in the front third row. And who's already seated there, but Phil Elwood. Who my da- the jazz critic. I'm obsessed with that did- guy. That guy did more for the Bay Area jazz scene than anybody. Go ahead. Right. I don't want to cut you off. Right. Go ahead. Go. Go. No, good. Good. So, so there's Elwood, and and my dad. You know, I've been reading Elwood forever. My life, but my old man knows all about Elwood, and so, and and Phil Elwood recognizes me and goes, "Hey, Huey Lewis, good to see you, man." Well, now my old man is just can't believe that <laughs> Phil Elwood's recognized his kid. You know, and so he sits down. I put it. I put him between us. So that he could, and they immediately start talking about, you know, Jimmy Lunsford and and Chick Webb and and all the early shit, you know, and all, and and go going and blah blah up and this and that. And my, and my old man's encyclopedic that way, and they're having a ball doing that. My old man's in seven them, and I feel this, I, I and I'm kind of listening to him, and I feel a tap on my back, and I, and I turn around and it's Get, and he's standing there and he's got his horn on, and he's just standing there and he goes, Hey, are you Yuli Lewis? Uh, you're you Lewis, aren't you? I said, yeah. He says, my girlfriend wants to eat your shorts. <laughs> <laughs> and so I says, he says, hey, why don't you let me play some, play some of that shit, uh, play on some of your shit? He says, you know, I play that shit too, you know. I said, yeah, of course. Blah, blah, blah. And he gave me a card that said, Have, uh, Stan Getz and his phone number. Have sax, we'll travel. And so it took me a long time to get the right piece of music. And when I got the piece of music together that I thought was be okay, I sent him a little demo tape. And then, and, and then he was in treatment, you know, he was in cancer treatment at the time. So he had to get healthy and go through it and go and all stuff. So it was like six months later when he finally said, yeah, I can, I, I, I'd love to do it and I can do it. He said, I can do it, but I got to do this. So, was, you know, I got his treatments and stuff. And so six months later, bingo, he comes up to our studio to play it. And, um, uh, and I, I since I had sent him the demo tape, I had put on a whole uh, Tower Power horn section and, and, and some percussion, I suppose, and whatnot. So it had evolved, this track. You know, it was, it was slightly different. And, since I, and, so, uh, and then he put on his horn, and uh, he went out there. He professed to not know the key it was in. And, and I, like he had never, never played it before, you know. And I thought he must have listened to it or something. And then when he found out it was in, it was in D. I think concert D, which was his F sharp, maybe. Sure. Is that is that right or I, something? I mean, I'm but, I'm, but, I'm a non-musician, but yeah, go ahead. Okay, but yeah. anyway, it was a tough key for him. Right. 
And he went, oh, my God, it's lovely. It's a big. And I said to him, I said, uh, well, geez, I guess we could, you know, try and speed it up or slow it down and put it in a different key half step. I don't know if anybody's ever done that before, but, but we got this auto-tune stuff. And really, could we, he says? I said, sure, whatever. Let's try it. So we we zip it down, I guess, and he goes out and plays a little bit to it in a half-step war. And it's real slow. And he comes back in, and we speed it up, and it sounds like a kazoo. You know, it's it's horrible. It's 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 terrible. And so that ain't going to work. He just, never mind, he says to me, Lee, I'll just play it the way it is. It's, it's, just, it's just a challenge for Super Jew. <laughs> and then he goes out there, and then he goes out there, and he blew so gorgeous. And the, the one lesson, I one huge lesson, first of all, you know, nobody had no, no choice like, like Stan. I mean, his no choice is just gorgeous. And, and, and beyond that, he understands that when the rhythm is zigging, he'll zag. You know, if stuff gets real busy, he'll start playing long notes against it. And when and when stuff gets uh, nice and long and open, then he put then then he'll throw some faster, shorter notes at you. But he, he just he just knows so much how to ride that wave, that, that musical wave. Man, I mean, he's a master. And watching him do that was unbelievable. He played he played three solos for us, uh, and then he came, and I said yeah, I said man, well, that, yes, come on in. I said man, that first. So, Here's what I would do. I said I'd play the first half of this one, and right here I'd switch it over to the other one. And Bo, and he did. And he says, "You could do that." I said, "Sure." We just pushed the button, man. <laughs> it was a piece of cake. So bingo, and he loved it. And it was, it's still our most musical moment of our whole career. Is Stan solo on Small World, his long extended solo on on Small World. It's 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 a thing of beauty. It, it, but say think. you think it's the well, the best instrumental or improvisational thing that you guys have ever done. I mean, can you can you be? Oh, more? definitely. I mean, it's de- it's definitely yeah. It's that is that that music right there. That music while he's soloing is 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 when he's soloing with the music going. I I think it's it's the most musical we've ever been. You know, in our whole career. So it's our musical highlight. I think Stan gets and his solo is gorgeous on it i don't know if you've listened to it or not but you should well I mean, no i mean i'm gonna get is, the record i'm gonna buy like to me this is it, yes it, and, and you know i i did something terrible i i figure i is it, I, it's a seven minute track okay and i i wanted it to be long enough to give stan a chance to blow that was the idea so i needed a certain kind of a song that was wide open and all that and this this thing fit the bill perfectly but what i did is so but we were a pop band. We never, nobody had, you know, you can't make an eight minute record. So I think, so I think the whole thing together is eight minutes. And so what we did is we split it in half, the, the song, and the first half and the second half. And, and his solos in the second half, which was a huge mistake because the first half sounds like it was a, it was a huge mistake. But his is Small World Part Two is, is the saxophone solo. But, but we finally did do a single where we edited it all together and, and abridged, you know, trunc- truncated his solo a little bit and my stuff a little bit and put like a five-minute record together to try to, to get a hit single out of the deal. And it was the last song that, um, uh, it, was a, it, was a, it broke a chain of top 10 records. You know, we had like 20 top 10 records in a row in Small World was the first one that didn't crack the top 10. 
<laughs> and, it, and it's literally our best musical moment. Right. And well, I'm always reminded by, yeah. I'm always reminded, because my dad was a jazzer, you know, and my dad used to say uh, all the time, I, I remember when I called him and I said, hey, Pops, uh, I had my first number one record. I said, you won't believe this. They tell you a week ahead of time, you know, when your record's going to go to number one, because it's sitting in the charts and all that crap. So he could, they call me and say, hey, guess what? You got a number one record next week, you know. So I, I, I happened to be talking to my dad. I said, Pops, guess what? My record goes to number one next week. He goes, oh, shit. I said, what? He goes, oh, that's not good. I said, what do you mean? He says, well, you know, the best stuff is never the most popular. <laughs> well, it's really funny you bring that up because, well, I have a couple thoughts on that. But, I, I, but you know, in 65, you were, it was pre-college for you. But, I mean, Stan dislodged the Beatles from the pop charts. You know, when I, yeah, when right. I, when I interviewed Dave Holland, I mean, I've done quite a few interviews. I mean, it was like, you yeah, know. Yeah, well, you know. The, Go ahead. No, I mean, I just I mean like what he said. He goes, "There's nothing wrong with making a hit record." I know your dad was a purist and a and like Charlie Parker yeah. made mistakes on records and it, you know whatever. It's like they yeah. just burned. But I mean, yeah. can you put in perspective in your own words, Stan? You know, it's hard nowadays. I'm 38. We live in this new generation. Stan was a star. Were you aware of him at that, right. at that time? That's right. Were you aware of him as a star? Yeah. yeah and talk about sure. what, we, what he brought to the we, table. Girl from Ibanema was a big hit. You know, everybody knew Girl from Ibanema. And, and in terms of a jazz record, what, that, uh, Kind of Blue, um, and some Brubeck things is about, about, about the, and maybe a Herbie Hancock, uh, Headhunters or something, is about, are about the most successful jazz records ever, aren't they, I think? Something like that. I mean, it's right there. And, uh, yeah, so we knew, I knew that there. And my dad was a jazzer, so I knew about Get, sure. But, um, and we had that record. My mom loved that record. Were you? Were you? So, was your dad taking you uh, to like the Poppycock and those jazz clubs in East Palo Alto? He, yeah, he was taking me to jazz at Philharmonic and stuff. Oh, can you talk? Because you saw the Norman Grand stuff. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. and they have. Well, I mean, they have Ellington and and you know and Coleman Hawkins and and uh, 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 Ben Webster. Man, I saw Webster play. I saw. Um, wow. Uh, yeah, saw wow. some great stuff. Jesus, man, man this stuff. is burnt. I mean, that stuff burned. But you yeah. were more of a, you really were a blues guy. I mean, that's is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. My, 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 well, my I, my take on it was, how do I sit in? Right. And then I started playing harmonica because when my parents got divorced, when my when I was young, my maybe what was I, eleven or twelve or something, and when they got divorced, my mom rented to a boarder, uh, uh, rented a room out to a boarder called Billy Roberts who was a folk singer who played harmonicas and he with in the, in the, in the, the harness, you know, kind of a la Bob Dylan. And he wrote, Hey Joe, actually this guy, mm -hmm. Billy Roberts. And he gave me a bunch of harmonics <clears throat> and then I started blowing, you know? And, uh, and then I took, and then the bug bit sort of, then I took a year off between grades, uh, high school and, and college. And I just hitchhiked in Europe for a year and I just played. I just played till you know all the time. So, and then the bug had bit, and when I got back to college, I I joined a bunch of bands and slowly dropped out. Well, know, no, because I mean, you were up there with the the, the legendary uh, Ozzy Ollers. The Wizard of Oz was up I, at Cornell. You know Ozzy, do you? He's great, uh, dude. I've interviewed five. I mean, you know, and 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 by the way, uh, you know, the the, the Getz album is is legendary with you because. You you're on it, the Tower of Power horns, Emilio. But then, of course, Chipolina was playing. Yeah, he played with Tony Williams, so it was a, a bunch of jazzers, really. <laughs> Just... Yeah, no, no. that one, the long solo gets his long solo on Small World. I mean, it bears a repeated listening. I mean, it, it is really 
good, man. I'm very. I had nothing to do with it. I mean, I say probably except it's on my record. You know, I mean, I'm, it's just gorgeous. I think so. You talk about some of the the authentic. Uh, the Reverend Gary Davis, some of these blind Dobro blues players. I mean, the, I mean, ultimately, when you were yeah. when you were when you were gigging in Europe, you know, just trying to sing for your supper. You just talk about some of these right. cats because, I mean, l- listen. You, nowadays, yeah. you got it's it's hard to sing about the blues if you live in suburbia. Can you talk? Can you talk about <laughs> these these cats that you that you? you yeah, yeah, but that's a good point. I mean, I, I was a blues snob until I joined fraternity band. So I saw you know Oz in the Ends, Ozzy Allers. And then I, I, we had a band called Slippery Elm, and we, we, we worked up the whatever was going on on FM radio at that time. A Bloodwind Pig song, a Taj Mahal tune. Sure. Uh, you know, a, a, I mean, you know, the sort of top 40 of FM radio. And that's, what, that's, that's how we played it. And so, you know, that, that, then you don't be – and I quickly realized that although, I, I, you know, I'd previously been a, kind of sort of an R&B snob, uh, but I realized that although I preferred listening to certain types of music, all music was fun to play, you know. And so, uh, and that's how I kind of got into little country stuff and all that. And you know, I just it would just became it became kind of it's fun to play. You but know? you, mu- but I mean, play. you must have been with Sonny Terry and Brownie. Like you must have seen hung with those cats. That's right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like those yeah, cats well, are still no, around. I, no, I hung with Cotton. I hung with James Cotton. Wow, you hung with Cotton. I learned most of it. Most of what I, I learned, I learned from Cotton personally and records, you know, and then Cotton a little bit. And, uh, uh, yeah. And then, and then other, other cats too, you know, there's now there's a little community of harmonica players. I mean, we're all, there's Kim Wilson, there's, uh, uh, Mark Hummel, there's Rick Estrin, there's, uh, Gary Davis. There's, uh, you know, there's a bunch of good cats. There's, uh, well, there's, you know, Howard Levy, who's off the charts. He's uh, um, um, so and 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 you know harmonicas are they're, they're one of those weird instruments where everybody knows everybody you know kind of thing. Well, I, you know, so, I don't know if you know this, but uh, this goes back to the Red Press days. But you know, Get Stan's first instrument was a harmonica. Was it really? Yeah, yeah. Funny. yeah. Can you? You know, I want to ask you. Stepping back, your old man. I guess he probably is. He's, he's no longer with us. No longer with So, it. I mean, let me ask you a question. Uh, I, I want to take this all the way to some, you know, film festival. I really do. I mean, I, I feel very strongly that Stan's, I mean, his personal side of him, who he was, he was very Jekyll and Hyde character. He's a really dynamic person, right. very intense, obviously. Right. Uh, you know, you know what it's like. Um, what do you think your dad would most want to see if he could see this documentary? What would he want to be exposed the most about this generation of burning musicians. Uh, interesting. Okay, that's really good. Uh, you know, that's a really good question. You know, it's a really good question, and I, I think you could take I, a minute I, to think about that if you want. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I kind of think that what it is is, you know, even though he might not be able to articulate it, but what what I think is great is that in those days, you know, jazz. Well, my my dad would like to would like would be all about the band stuff and how. There's nothing like a read section, you know, of cats who are playing like they just know it, you know. In other words, they're off the paper. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They're just playing. I, I mean, that's the reason. You know, if you get Sinatra live at the stands with Count Basie, you know, that was a great record. Well, those guys are playing that. I mean, I saw that show in 1965. I mean, after the Mountain Amphitheater, you know, Sinatra Basie, not Sinatra Basie, and they started with that song. 
in the history in terms of his improvisation and his lyricism i'm just trying to get an idea. i mean he i i don't think there's any better than stan getz okay there's nobody better than stan getz and the other thing is he was a stylist i mean you only need to hear a note or two to know to know him right away you know so he's got an absolute style and he, he, he did everything that a great musician does not only is he accomplished but he's a, and you're right improvisation is his is his strong suit, and he's got a gorgeous tone, and his, his note choices are unbelievable. He clearly knows his way. Everywhere. He's a superb musician. I mean, there's nobody better, but it's crazy to say that somebody's the best at anything in an art. I mean, what, what are the top five paintings of all time? I, I, my next question was, yeah. I mean, no, you're right. Compare, if you could take an artist from a different medium, a sculptor or a painter, who would you, I mean, because Stan was a tortured no, that's soul. That's interesting. Well, who would, you, who would you? That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, you know, and, and he had, had the Latin thing, and he had the Latin thing down so well, you know. The, boss, also. the bossa so that, nova, yeah, the bossa nova. Yeah, so that so you got to think that way a little bit. I I don't know. I don't know who is it. Is it? Is it? it you know, maybe yeah, maybe it's a Picasso kind of thing. You know, maybe he's kind of like a Picasso. Maybe I don't know. I I don't know. It's hard. It, that's a tough one. Those analogies are tough. But there's nobody better. You know, there was nobody better, and he defined had such a sound. And he has so many classics, you know. I'm just proud that he played on a record. And by the way, it's really good, you know. I it's really good what he played, and it's really fun. I, I just want to know. I want to know who you put up the first solo, and that's people probably turned it off before. If they if you had put Stan first, it would have been a, in the top ten. 
I think maybe, 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 maybe that's what I should have done. One final question. I, I, yeah, no, I, Huey, I, I would really, I, I, I would love to pick, talk to you some down the road about your just you in general down the road. But I, sure, we, sure, sure. I want to, I want to ask you. Um, uh, a lot, one of my one of the L's on my program is love, and you know I was playing. Uh, Do you believe in love for my daughter today? I walked into a thrift store. Right. It's on the on the radio. Can you tell the audience what your concept of love is and and uh, how you aside from music? I mean, how you bring love? How right. you try to bring love to your world? I just it's important in this time we're in now. Yeah, that's very good. It's very good. Well, I I I, I think. Uh, clearly, we're always in need of love, but I, I maintain that love is um, is is a, a real love. is is not uh, Hallmark cardy. It's re- it's it's funny sometimes. It can be cruel. It can be you know very enjoyable. And uh, but love is uh, and 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 it's and it's impossible to control. You know, so it's 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 it's. It's beyond you. you. You try and you know you just be receptive, and uh, um, and you know and 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 lucky. <laughs> I know you were just riffing okay. there like Ben Webster. That was like a solo right there. I love that. Yeah. Never, that was beautiful. Here, listen, man. We'll connect again. I'm going to go looking for Red Press. I really appreciate that, and I'm going to pick up that. You stuff. bet. That's yeah, yeah. He'll tell you some fun stuff. Thank okay. you, my man. Take Good care, man. You, All right, buddy. Bye bye. Well, if you can believe it or not, that was a uh, just a just your average Huey Lewis conversation here on PowerTalk.live. Um, please go to PowerTalk.live and um, download our free app to your smartphone. Uh, everybody's got one today, uh, and uh, we are full-on extraterrestrial radio. You can listen to all of our live local shows, including the Jim Parisi Show and Solomon on Blast. That's it for the Jake Feinberg Show. We'll be back this weekend, regular time at noon. We have a huge show in store with Reed Mathis uh, and uh, Michael Shreve and uh, Tom Ledden. It just continues to get better and better and sweeter and sweeter thanks to Jim Parisi. Everybody out there in Power Talk, we're going to rejoin the Jim Parisi Show right now. That's it. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. 46,000. Are you kidding me? I mean, these people are you know, nothing more than uh, – I mean,